0: W B N E. Hello and welcome to episode 122, All About The Hobbit, The Battle of Five Armies, Part 4. Being the 122nd part of That's What I'm Talking About. My name is Mary Clay. If that's too complicated for you, just call me MC. And today I am joined by TikTok's Lord of the Ring obscure... Fact guy, is that the full title? I guess.
1: Look, I didn't pick the nickname, it's too many words, but I'm stuck with it now. I, I
0: forgot it halfway through when the words were out of my mouth. It's Don Marshall, everyone. He's back. Hello. Welcome.
1: Thank you. <laughs> Pleasure to be back here. Um, been keeping up with all of your uh, escapades on social media. Oh boy, watching this uh hobbit movie and making it through everything else my good what a journey you've been on through all I know
0: it's been quite an unexpected journey Ah,
1: I see what you did Uh,
0: I see what I did (laughs) yeah yeah it's been quite a journey listeners this is not the last episode by far there is in case you haven't looked at Tolkien's library of work
1: (laughs) I was about to ask are you done after this one but I guess not if you're if you're reading through everything
0: so don it's great you bring that up because this will be this is a special announcement for i think the i think since the first time someone mentioned the word silmarillion to me i said no i am never covering that that sounds terrible it sounds insane to read i will be covering the silmarillion wow I am now confirming that Yes. Oh,
1: my. In that case, in that case, (laughs) I would like to live right now, beg you, please include me on Chapter 19, Baron and Luthien. Special case. Please have me back. It is my favorite chapter of almost any book ever.
0: Don, there's a good chance I might be reaching out to you multiple times. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, uh, listeners, I will... Be covering the Silmarillion, but first we're going to cover a couple fun things. We're going to do the animated movies. We're going to do the failed Lord of the Rings West End musical. We're going to do the much requested VeggieTales parody, yes. Lord of the Beans. I'm
1: so excited for you just to experience <laughs> There's going to be of lots
0: of fun stuff. And then we're going to dive into the Silmarillion with the tagline, I'm reading the Silmarillion so you don't have to. So that's coming up. Love it. (laughs) That's all I know of the plans (laughs) for for now. But yeah, I've been asked multiple times, are you going to cover the Silmarillion? And I'm always like, I don't. No, But given that it see- it seems like the Amazon series will have a lot to do with the Silmarillion, yep. I think people will love to hear about the stories from a third party rather than having to read it themselves. Exactly. exactly. And then we'll watch the series together. And then after that, I will, I guess, then go and diminish into the West. I don't know after that. But <laughs> will we
1: ever get well? No, because there's the uh, the thirteen. 13- uh, or rather is it the 12 volume history of Middle Earth that includes all of Tolkien's like early drafts look, and uh, notes Look, how uh, long do you <laughs> want to keep this podcast going
0: I know that's the thing I could theoretically go forever I could easily find things to cover that are Tolkien related mm-hmm. um, it's just a matter Niggle, of like
1: the adventures of Tom Bombadil all of dude, his Beowulf see, those, stuff. those, those I'm down
0: with but I've had people be like I found this story that was translated by Tolkien are you going to read it or I found I'm like th- I found this in a thrift store and it says it was tra- edited by Tolkien and I'm like I'm not going to read Beowulf guys.
1: <laughs> I draw the line at Beowulf.
0: But <laughs> so we're all just going to take it one step at a time but one of those steps will indeed include the Silmarillion. I love it. What an exciting time so for pumped. you guys. Not exciting for me. We'll <laughs> We'll get there in a couple months. Um but first we have to finish out The Hobbit movie, and also that The Hobbit series in general this is it this is it Don tell me a little bit about your what was your first experience like watching the Hobbit movies and what's like your overarching opinion of the of the trilogy
1: so this may seem like a slightly controversial take but I think the Hobbit movies are just fine
0: that is not a controversial take at all I've had a, I've had thankfully a lot of guests say that rather than it just being like guest after guest being like these movies are awful good. so good
1: i'm I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad I'm not alone here, but uh, I, I do feel that, like, uh, I learned a fun piece of trivia today. The Hobbit movie, The Battle of Five Armies, was the second highest grossing film of 2014 when it came out behind Transformers Age of Extinction. And I can't help but think if <laughs> given the choice, I would You're... like to watch The Hobbit yeah. movie instead of... what
0: a terrible year for movies if the two (laughs) highest grossing movies were Transformers. What did you say? Age of Ultron?
1: (laughs) And Tony Stark and Optimus Prime and Frodo, they all get together and they're gonna defeat Darth Vader.
0: Oh, I got some Transformers sequel and some Hobbit sequel Mm -hmm, are mm -hmm. the two top grossing films of 2014. Which which was also
1: the same year, if I'm remembering correctly, that Les Mis came out. It It was right around the time when all of those Broadway musicals.
0: No, Les Mis, I remember distinctly Les Mis came out in 2012 because I got... Real hardcore into Les Mis, my senior year. Of high there you go. Yeah, it was another
1: Hobbit movie because my my sister and I went to uh, a double feature. She was like,
0: I want to go see Les Mis. I'm like, no, the Hobbit movie's coming out. It's going to be incredible. Let's and see. She was not there impressed. was Endless Love. Don't know what that movie Mm-mm. is. Um, Grand Budapest Hotel. Mm, okay, solid choice. Um, oh, Into the Woods.
1: Oh, is that the movie that musical might, that, you're thinking that might have of? Been yeah, the possibly. Thing I'm thinking of yet another uh, James Corden classic. I can't wait to buy eight of his movies on one DVD at Walmart in six years.
0: Oh, Winter Soldier came out in 2014. What's it? See, so- as did Guardians of the Galaxy.
1: Oh my gosh. Okay.
0: Um, Night at the Museum, Secret of the Tomb. I don't know which. I didn't didn't know that there was a third. (laughs) I thought it was just that I didn't know that that Night at the Museum movie existed. Oh, my God. Paddington Bear came out in 2014. Oh, my God. Okay. The Lego movie, Big Hero 6, How to Train Your Dragon 2.
1: Okay, I okay, take it. Okay, there's back.
0: no way. There's no way that those two movies no. were the highest grossing of 2014. I, that
1: seems so wrong looking back on it because I don't remember most of Wow. Wow. The
0: Fault in Our Stars. Oh,
1: heartbreaking. Absolutely
0: heartbreaking. Okay, now I'm just naming movies. Yeah. <laughs> um <laughs>
1: Anyway, on to the next. On
0: thing. to the next. Um. However, I will say about Battle of Five Armies, where was my handy trivia? The Battle of Five Armies is the only movie in the Middle Earth saga to not earn an Academy Award nomination for its visual effects.
1: I am not surprised. I would not
0: say that's shocking news.
1: Not shocking I'm at all. I'm
0: surprised, frankly, that the first two did get a nomination. You
1: know, nepotism is very real with people. And I feel like sometimes movies, you know...
0: I'm sure they were like we had for the first Hobbit movie. They're like we got to give them something mm-hmm. like the mm-hmm. Return of the King. Can- last time this dude showed up with a movie, <laughs> it won everything. Yep. We got to give him something. So your overarching opinion is that they're just okay. Yes. But when you first saw them, what was your what were your like expectations going in, and then your thoughts coming out? So
1: I will be perfectly honest. My relationship with the Hobbit movies is very different than the uh, Lord of the Rings movies in that. I saw the first two Hobbit movies in theaters and at the end of Desolation of Smaug, I was not really looking forward to it. In a way, I was almost like, you remember when The Hunger Games came out and everyone was rip roaring about it and then they're like, we're making Mockingjay two parts. And everyone is like, oh, more (sighs) of this teen dystopian stuff. And we're all over it by the time part two comes. By the way, The Hunger Games uh, movies hold up. Phenomenally, if you go back and rewatch them, I, I lo- they're some of my favorite movies now, but I think back then, anyway, that all of this is to say I did not see it in theaters because
0: you are not even, I think, the third <laughs> guest to say that i have had many people on who say i saw the first two in theaters and then yeah. it wasn't until you asked me to come on this podcast that i watched battle of five armies <laughs> or it wasn't until yeah years later yeah. when it came on dvd it was that like it
1: came out on 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 some sort of dvd or streaming Sir, so i don't even remember how i watched i i might have I don't want to admit how I may have watched it uh depending on
0: who's listening. Um
1: Jack Sparrow a little bit if you catch my drift. Oh, gotcha. But, uh, I gotcha. I got you. Oh, yeah.
0: I'm 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 familiar. Okay.
1: <laughs> um yeah, I just after the second one, I was like,
0: "Okay, that was good. I'll get around to watching it." Oh, it's in theaters. Okay. Uh
1: Oh, no. Uh, I guess it's guess it's out of theaters now. Yeah, get to it eventually and you know, I did watch it and it was it's fine. It's fine.
0: Yeah, they made a movie out of twenty pages of a book. They
1: certainly did. And you know what? I will I will give them credit where credit is due. This movie has some of the coolest fourteen year old boy fight choreography of all time. <laughs> if I am a fourteen year old and I've never seen The Lord of the Rings before, or I'm super into sword fighting, the idea of like Legolas jumping up a bunch we'll, we'll get to we'll get to that. Part. Oh
0: boy. Oh boy. Oh boy! I have thoughts.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we have a lot of thoughts. Anyway, let's let's get into you. You do the summary and all of this. Let's
0: get into this. Yes, exactly. Surprise, surprise, Alfred is being terrible and sneaks off with gold while dressed as a woman. Just as a troll is about to attack, Bard saves him, which he 100% did not have to do, but once again, Bard is the best character, so of course he did it anyway. Bard looks to his family, safe and sound, as Alfred runs off to live a life of obscurity. Personally, I hope that random villager woman throttles him like she was going to do earlier before Bard stopped her. Meanwhile, Keeley and Philly are walking into what is so obviously a trap, but remember, they're hot, so we can't expect them to be intelligent too. Bilbo pops up out of nowhere, which no one questions, to warn them about the Gundabad army and the trap, but it's too late. Azog kills Philly and his body lands at Keely's feet. His tiny body is filled with rage and he runs off seeking revenge. The finale of the Battle of Five Armies kicks off as the second wave from Gundabad arrives. Dwalin fights goblins, Keely fights orcs, and Thorin finally faces Azog. Bilbo turns to face the army of goblins, but is knocked on the head and passes out. The screen cuts to black and the Battle of Five Armies ends off screen. Oh, just kidding. Can you imagine if someone wrote that? I know what you're wondering. What's Legolas been up to? Well, he grabs a bat and flies up to Ravenhill, leaving behind Tariel despite the fact that he agreed to go up there and fight with her. Tariel races up to Ravenhill and finds Keely. honestly doing a pretty good job of fighting orcs by himself, and had it not been for her presence causing extra distress for him during the fight, he probably could have avoided getting skewered. And here I thought they would change his death from the book just because they made him hot. Legolas races over to fight an orc that I think is Bulk, and the most absurd Legolas action sequence follows, included but not limited to, driving a troll into a building to knock it down, flinging Orcrist up at an orc in order to save Thorin, and stepping on individual bricks mid-air as they fall in slow motion. Plot twist! The eagle show up! Didn't see that coming. Thorin gets the upper hand on Azog as the eagle swoop overhead, but not swooping down to take out Azog which literally could have been such an easy thing to do, but Thorin's pride makes a final appearance. Instead of just walking away when Azog most likely would have drowned in the lake, he watches instead, and then, what a shocker, Azog bursts through the ice. Thorin eventually gives in, letting Azog stab him, but is able to deliver a killing blow to him once and for all. Then Bilbo wakes up, so can you imagine if we had missed everything that happened after he got knocked out? Crazy. And he sees Thorin collapse. Now, I did not care when Thorin died in the book, but I'll be damned if this isn't the most emotional scene in the trilogy, and I'd even say it cracks the top five for the whole Lord of the Rings franchise, and it's, of course, due to Martin Freeman. I mean, Richard Armitage is great too, but Martin Freeman, man. And then with his dying breath, Thorin says, eat the rich. Therenduil does the bare minimum to be a decent person and walks around Ravenhill looking for his son. And it is in this scene that we see, oh, Legolas got his communication skills from his father. Legolas declares that he can't go back to Mirkwood, so Therenduil suggests he go north and look for a ranger called Strider. Just a guess, but he might be able to find him skulking in the corner of a pub with his chiseled jaw sticking out from underneath a hood. Then Legolas leaves without further word to Toriel, his supposed friend slash crush who he helped on this rescue mission. Thranduil and Toriel have what I think is possibly the worst conversation in this entire franchise, so we'll leave it at that. But what happens to Toriel? We don't know. That's it. She was written into a studio-mandated love triangle, her boyfriend died, her not-boyfriend left her in pursuit of a hot ranger, and that's all life has to offer her. So let this be a lesson, women. Leave the adventuring to the men. Newly traumatized, Bilbo is joined by Gandalf, who is probably freaking out about the fact that he's responsible for Bilbo's trauma, and they watch on as the dwarves mourn the loss of their king. Bilbo says goodbye to the rest of the dwarves in yet another beautifully emotional scene that's entirely due to Martin Freeman's acting. Gandalf says goodbye to Bilbo at the edge of the Shire and warns him not to use the ring. Bilbo tries to deny it, but Gandalf Ben knew. Luckily for everyone, he lost the ring during the battle, so that scene of that, Bilbo returns home only to find that he's apparently dead, at least according to the Saxful Bagginses who really want those spoons. After proving that he's not dead, Bilbo begins to pick up the pieces of his old life, and what a surprise the ring wasn't lost after all. Old Bilbo sits lost in thought looking at the ring when there's a knock at the door. Turns out it's Gandalf, and today is Bilbo's eleventy first birthday, but that's a story for another time. This is the last part of the Battle of Five Armies. Usually when I send emails and messages to my guests saying, hi, will you join me for the last part of this movie? It starts at one hour and 55 minutes or it starts at, in the case of Return of the King, it starts at (laughs) three hours and five minutes or whatever, you know. The last part for this movie started at one hour and 35 minutes. Shocking to me. The shortest
1: of the trilogy and I believe the shortest of the six for yes. And uh, just, I feel like at that point, the crew, Peter Jackson, I mean, Guillermo del Toro got out of there fast and then they just were like laying the tracks before the train a split second beforehand.
0: Yeah, literally. Let's see. Fun fact The Hobbit movie series by Peter Jackson actually takes longer to watch than reading the book it is based on. <laughs> I mean, yeah, let's see. It says um, the complete runtime for all three movies is eight hours. Most readers could read The Hobbit in six and a half hours, unless you're me, in which case it took you three months. (laughs) No
1: judgment. No judgment.
0: (laughs) Um, But yes, this is very short. um, And I feel like. The, I think this was the longest segment, actually, that I, like, divided into episodes. This was the longest for the Battle of Five Armies, mm-hmm. but it went by really fast because most of it is just battle scenes. A sequence. lot of it They're is just
1: meaningless action that has absolutely no payoff. Flinging around swords
0: and whatever, It yeah. is,
1: As I have said before, it is the best 14-year-old sword fighting choreography <laughs> that exists. Now, this is not to discredit anybody that, like, actually choreographed the fights. I'm sure they went into it, but, like... I'm sorry, when Legolas jumps on rocks that are falling- We will get there. Look, we'll get there. Sorry,
0: Oh, I wrote literally, I think, a full paragraph. (laughs) (laughs) A full paragraph on that. Carry on. the first scene starts out with literally the worst character in the entirety of Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit. That includes, I would say, Wormtongue, uh, Saruman, Shelob. Alfred is the answer
1: to the question- what if we made worm tongue an incel with more screen time? Yes. And exactly. the answer is no.
0: Yeah. And so my guest and I came to the conclusion in the previous episode, we were like, what even was the purpose of Alfred? Because the master is an original character from the book, Mm -hmm. and he has a lot of the same, I don't know, traits and does a lot of the same things that Alfred does. So like, why would you make this whole new character other than we can't get Stephen Fry for more than one movie? (laughs) And we came to the conclusion that they made Alfred possibly for the intent of comedic relief. But it was not funny.
1: <laughs> no, it was not. <laughs> and it was just terrible. No, no. Gim- Gimli has some comic relief moments. Uh Mary and yes. Pippin have some comic relief yes. moments. Heck, even Ayo Soup has some comic relief yes. moments. Uh, Alfred, Alfred was no. not funny.
0: He's just terrible so he uh is still dressed up as a woman and he has gold uh stuffed in his bra <laughs> or corset <laughs> and he's trying to run away and then a troll ogre or orcs hybrid of some kind um comes up and is about to attack him and then bard is too good for this world. The
1: man is the best character in the entire trilogy. He is
0: the best character in the entire trilogy. And
1: it shows, and if I'm being totally honest, I can't stop seeing Will Turner from Pirates of the Caribbean, and the fact that Orlando Bloom is no, also in correct. this movie. I know it's throwing me. It's throwing it's me. It's correct.
0: Do you um? You should follow the the Instagram account for this podcast because I made I think Will Turner. <laughs> And and Bard and Orlando Bloom and all of that gave me like twenty memes worth of content. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I will check that out. I can't. It's do I so know I follow Actually, you know what? I don't know. Maybe you do. When, you know what? When when I was last on this podcast, I did not have an Instagram because
0: I was going to say that's yeah. what I thought. I didn't think you were on I wasn't, Instagram. I wasn't
1: on anything else.
0: Um, Bard shows up. He's too good. He. Kills the troll that is attacking Alfred, saves Alfred, and Alfred is like, I can't believe you don't even want to be the leader, and you could have had all of this stuff. Like, what, what even was that for? And then Bard turns and looks over at his kids who are like all huddled up, all picturesque, and then he smiles at them or whatever. And then Bard's like, Ugh, you sicken me or whatever. And then he <laughs> ha, ha, turns ha, to funny. run away. Funny.
1: That was hilarious, Peter. Thank. So
0: <laughs> and Bard says like, Alfred, you're corset is showing or something i don't know and then alfred runs away and that's the last we see of alfred i don't know what becomes of him and we'll find out this i don't know what becomes of him happens to a few characters in this movie
1: yeah yeah (laughs) i'm sure the studio just just was like no one no one actually cares about this person no
0: one cares yeah, so he... That's it. Alfred's gone. Yay! <laughs> Cheers! thunder applause. Nothing
1: of value was lost.
0: This next section of my notes is titled Rip Feely. Um, yep. Uh, Feely and Keeley have been... They have separated from Thorin and... Oh, my God. Dwall... Dwallin. Dwallin. It's Dwallin who's with them. Yep. The bald one. <laughs> Guys, it's the last episode and I'm slowly making progress <laughs> it's all right
1: i still can't keep track of all of them if it's
0: my goal was to be able to look like i know all of the names i just don't know how to match the names to their faces and so my goal was to be able to look at a picture and be like that one's nori dory ori mm-hmm. Gwyn." and i'm like that's the bald one mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> there's the bald one the round one the ones that look just a little bit too much like humans and not
0: dwarves Yes. It, and it yeah. just gets
1: progressively worse. There's the guy with the ear trumpet, the guy with the yep. axe in Him. his face. Fi- you know what? Yeah.
0: None of it matters. None of it matters. Um, <laughs> so, None yeah. Anyway, Keely and Phile are off on their own mission. They're uh, searching for the orcs, Azog, whatever's happening. Feely's like, don't worry, brother. I got this. I'm like, you don't got this. <laughs> and so they separate. Back on the other side of the fortress... Bilbo pops up out of nowhere. Um, he just takes the ring off. There's not even like a questioning look from Thorin and Dwallin, which would make sense if we were following the book where in the book Bilbo tells them, hey, I have this magic ring that turns me turns me invisible. Hmm. Wonder if
1: that'd be useful later.
0: <laughs> if it's in an extended edition scene, then maybe that'll make sense. But in the movie, no one knows he has this ring. There's not a single questioning look. Um, when he just literally like walks through midair. He brings the news that the orcs from Gundabad are coming and that this is a trap and they're gonna be, you know, come they're gonna be surrounded before long. Yeah, and Thor yeah, and Thorns looks around, and he's like, This is a trap, and I'm like Duh, literally. I could have told you that the moment you showed up and you're like, it's empty. Where did everyone go? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he's like, all right, let's go get Keeley and Feely and get out of here. We'll live to see another day. I'm like, yeah, "Mm -hmm." about that. (laughs) And it's so interesting that like for the first time in the whole series that Thorin is Putting aside this vendetta and putting aside his pride to be like, no, we need to retreat. We need to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This was wrong. Some
1: character development after having reverted back into himself. Basically, every movie he and look, I get that the argument can be made, and I. I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. The argument can be made that as humans, once we have some sort of trauma happen to us, an instant character change is often very rare, we go through periods of grief, and scientifically speaking, I get it. That being You're s- giving him way more I credit know, than I I'm have. trying. I'm trying so hard to, to make it better than it is, but yeah, it just kind of feels like Thorin has finally gotten some character development, but that this should have been his mindset, you know, a movie yeah. and a half ago
0: yes oh 100% yeah Um. don't even talk to me about how at the end of Desolation at he has wonderful character growth and development and then literally like five minutes pass and the next film starts and then he's back to anyway yeah, um, yeah there's this great moment it's the first moment really that he's like putting aside his pride and admitting defeat but it's too late mm-hmm. you know it's too late what's done is I mean obviously they don't know yet that it's too late but like it's it's too late. And they hear some yelling, classic Azog noises. <laughs> is he speaking
1: words? Is there an Orcish language? What's happening here? Because all I'm hearing is... Yeah. yeah,
0: it's a lot of that. It's a lot, it's a lot of, of that. that. Yeah. And he speaks in Orcish to everyone, like to our non-Orc characters. Mm-hmm. Um, And I'm like, do they know Orcish or is this guy just like... <laughs> and they're like, I wonder what he's saying. Holding a
1: sword to your nephew's <laughs> uh throat usually gets the point across more than words.
0: Yeah, yeah. So he he reveals that he has Feely, and Feely yells at them and is like, "Go!" And then he gets stabbed and then dropped off a cliff right in front of Feely. Yeah. By the way, he lands at wait no, Keely. Feely, what did I say? It's,
1: I, I knew what <laughs> you <Keeley>! meant.
0: <laughs> Feely gets killed, drops lands at the feet of keely Mm -hmm. yes and then keely goes into such a rage that is just a little bit comical because he's so like he runs up those stairs and he's so tiny it's a little funny (laughs) yeah yeah but yeah when feely yes feely when feely gets stabbed i like felt it like in my i was like Ooh. Yeah, and you see, you see Bilbo's reaction, you see Thorin's reaction, and uh, and Bilbo, there's a moment where like he just kind of like, closes his eyes I and like, that. sighs. A, I,
1: I love Martin Freeman as a choice for Bilbo, and I think that particular shot is a great example of why he's such a facial actor in those moments. He can really mm-hmm. bring it home.
0: Yes, Keeley is just. In a rage, um, and goes off to you know seek revenge against his brother. This is earned and it is justified, but I wish that there had been more Keely Feely like camaraderie mm-hmm. moments throughout the series mm-hmm. rather than like Tariel shows up and <laughs> Feely's just in the background now. Yeah, um, yeah. So I wish like I feel like this this would have been a much stronger moment had there been more like keely feely where like a dynamic yeah. duo kind of a thing which, which I,
1: is just We're going to get sad. to it I think in a moment but I just want to say for the record I like Tariel's character I do not like Tariel's plot the, yes. the plot that they yes. gave Tariel like you want to create a movie only character that is a badass female in a movie that is chock full of testosterone amazing make 12 of them make them the counterpoint to the dwarves but the love triangle thrown in by warner brothers Mm -hmm. is uh, just for Mm -hmm. me is one of those things that just like Mm -hmm.
0: mm -hmm. yes all all of that definitely anyway sorry um (laughs) i'm gonna get
1: sidetracked so much in this one (laughs) i'm just letting you know that's okay
0: that's the podcast (laughs) as i bring up (laughs) there was one point where we were one uh, episode where we were talking about I think probably we were talking about like Thorin being, not being irredeemable, but doing things that some people are like, oh, but see, he's forgiven. And it's like, no, not all of his actions or whatever. And then we got on a track about Boromir. And then we started talking, and then my guest literally was like, but you need that context for when his brother shows up and blah, blah. And then I literally was like, but you have to remember that in the book, Faramir, he resists the ring and he turns it down five minutes later. Having just
1: listened to that episode, I know exactly what you are talking about. <laughs> but it is, it is, uh, gentle listeners. Part one of the battle of five armies. I believe you spend. Roughly 45 minutes of podcast time on the first 10 minutes of the movie. It is okay. Well, phenomenal. the
0: first 10 minutes of the movie are the best part is of the, the movie. Most important. The first 10 minutes of Battle of Five Armies, you should argue, is the best. The last five, the last 10 minutes of the Desolation. Anywho, <laughs> yeah, tangent's gonna go. Off. Side note that where I like diverged and started talking about Faramir. What made it to the final cut, it was much longer. Oh, I
1: bet. I (laughs) bet it was.
0: (laughs) I cut out a lot. I
1: know your disdain for for Boromir and and for movie Faramir. It's not
0: even a disdain necessarily, but I just... Faramir um so <laughs> let's see what happens next uh um, Keeley let's see yeah oh and then Bilbo uh, as Thorin and Dwalin run off to fight these orcs that are emerging he takes out Sting kind of was like a I don't know you can tell he's very tired and he's like I don't want to fight but here we are eh, it's a paper opener
1: or a letter yeah. opener <laughs>
0: It's my, it's me and my little baby sword. I just, I don't know what happened next, but I just wrote so much grunting and fighting. Yeah. (laughs) So I think that's when, I think that's when Thorin and Azog, yeah, Thorin and Azog
1: start going at it. Bilbo, Bilbo gets uh, jumped by these flying bat thingies from Gundabad. Yeah, these bats comes in and
0: come in this uh, second wave from Gundabad that they were talking about starts rolling in, and it includes these bats that like. Reading the book, you're like, yeah, they're just bats. Mm-hmm. They're so terrifying here. Yeah, they're like they monster. Them. They're like dinosaurs almost. Like they're much bigger. They're very monstrous. Like very scary. Yeah. And I think that was like a really that was a really good job of you know whoever envisioned these creatures to just be like, well, all Tolkien said was bats. Mm-hmm. Let's. How do we make that more? Cool. You know, how do we make that cooler? Orc, yeah. Mordor you know, dark magic-esque.
1: And that's, that's kind of what I liked about this movie in that they kind of took the idea of Sauron has been breeding these creatures because that i mean you'll you'll find out eventually once you do the silmarillion that that is what his master morgoth did he he was in his cave he was experimenting with you know if i if i breed this lizard with that drake we get this and then eventually you get dragons the size of a small mountain range and it just becomes so uh ridiculous it's almost parody but uh in this case i really think that the movie did a great job of like exploring what else could be within that realm mm-hmm. of like I am a mad scientist necromancer here to create horrifying beings.
0: Yeah, and also like we've already seen like we've already seen orcs and we've already seen goblins or you know whatever and so they're like okay, how do we Not necessarily like totally recreate these creatures, Mm -hmm. but how do we make them new and interesting since they are a much larger part of the Hobbit movies than the Lord of the Rings movies Mm -hmm. because we have Azog and Bolg. Who I don't, <laughs> I didn't know until the previous episode when I was reading an I'm a fact off of IMDb, like live for the recording. <laughs> I was reading this fact and it says something about like Bolg and in the battle. And I was like, I did not know Bolg was still alive. I thought he died in Lake Town.
1: Yeah, it... <sighs> It it Anywho. it doesn't. Re- the thing is, and I, I hate saying this so many times about so many things, but in the end, it doesn't really
0: matter no, to no, the no, story. Yeah.
1: Like it's not. So that yeah, relevant. the
0: orcs the orcs are a much bigger part because they keep they would keep like cutting away and showing what they're doing, right, right. and you know, Azog is our main villain, whereas you know, Sauron was our main villain. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they spent a lot more. Well. There's the CGI. <laughs> I was going to say they spent a lot more time focusing on the orcs, but Did they, they
1: spent more screen time on the orcs, not necessarily more screen as ti- much. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. Great. Yes great clarifier there legolas grabs onto a bat and pieces out with no further word to tariel reminder in in the part of the movie before this part legolas shows up jumps into this conflict between his dad and tariel where tariel's like about to get stabbed and legolas is like come on let's go save them and goes with tariel and then now With no word, he just grabs onto a bat and leaves. Again,
1: this is just another example of... Hey, if a 14-year-old was watching this, what would be the coolest thing we could do with those bats? Just
0: have Legolas grab on? It's literally so... I think I wrote... It might not be this part, but I wrote something about, like, a lot of excessive, like, Legolas moments. Yeah. And, like, you know what I mean when I say exactly. Legolas moments. And, and
1: here's, here's I think... I I have this rant that I've gone on, and I feel like if you put nothing else of my voice in this podcast, please put this. <laughs> there is a very easy fix for The Hobbit movies that they could have done and chose not to. The fix is that instead of having Bilbo in his old age writing the book, He is telling the story to Frodo, Mm -hmm. and you can cut back every once in a while to Frodo and Bilbo, with Frodo being like, there's no way that happened. Like, do you remember the barrel scene where one of the barrels filled with bomber bounces, I think, a hundred times? And takes out most of the orcs. And it's so ridiculous that I almost... I almost put that up there with... Did Legolas really ride a shield down a flight of stairs? Like, that's so bizarre. But imagine what would have happened thematically to the audience when you cut back to Frodo and we're like oh right yes. Bilbo's just exaggerating this is a this is a fun happy you know story with lots of tall tales and it's it's all meant in good fun but then there are those those serious moments which we'll get to later I feel like that would have made so much of a better yes like way to tell the story and they they chose not to do that and it's a little disappointing but it was such a yeah. quick fix in my head
0: they could have just you know they could have used a young bill uh, a young bill but uh, a young frodo yeah. but it might have been jarring to just cut back to elijah wood just <laughs> <laughs> looking up in wonder honestly you you could have probably cast one of peter jackson's kids they're roughly they would have been they were adults by oh, this time oh were they
1: okay well
0: um yeah his uh daughter i don't know if his son has any cameos but his daughter is actually the waitress or the server or whatever at the begin very beginning of Desolation of Smaug, oh. who serves Thor in the food and then she also has a cameo somewhere in Lake Town at the beginning of Battle of 5 Armies but I didn't huh. I missed her in that scene but when I paused my movie it was like Katie Jackson Lake Town villager or whatever so good to know but, she, yeah, she's like a full-grown woman, you know, which makes sense.
1: Yeah. Because
0: the- she would have been, I don't know, probably like six or eight, yeah. and then this would have been filming, you know, ten years later, eight years later. God,
1: we're old. Anyway, sorry, we were talking about a movie, and we've- <laughs>
0: They're much older now, if that makes you feel better. R-
1: it really doesn't, <laughs> and I don't want to talk about it, thank you.
0: Where, Oh, yeah, Leglish just did a thing. That was it. Tariel sees Keeley, like, fighting on a ledge- with some orcs, and she runs up to go save him. Keely's doing pretty good, holding his mm-hmm. own, fighting. Bilbo and Dwalin are fighting some orcs, and being the hobbit that he is, Bilbo picks up some rocks and starts throwing them. And I love that little, like, nod um, of, I guess, continuity slash t- little Easter egg that, like, this is what hobbits just have what historically hobbits do. done. Yes, they
1: just throw <laughs> rocks. At their enemies. Does it yes. make sense
0: thematically?
1: Yes. Does it do anything?
0: No. no. I think he maybe knocks a few in the head, but nothing, ma- no major damage yeah, done. Nothing
1: Nothing too crazy.
0: We get a couple shots of this is just what made me laugh. So we have like Bilbo and Dwell and all these, you know, orcs or whatever, uh, Keely, Tariel fighting these orcs, Thorin versus Azog, very intense. And then it'll just cut to like Legolas flying in the air on this bat. <laughs> Um, And you're like, what's his plan? He doesn't know either. No
1: one knows. Nobody knows. (laughs) (laughs) Not even the directors.
0: Then Bilbo gets, there's a wave of, or I think what happens, a wave of orcs come, or goblins or something comes by, and one of them knocks him on the head with like a club or something. Mm. Um, Not even like intentionally, like, and he's just so small that they run past him, probably without seeing. This, This
1: thing exists. Oops.
0: And he gets clonked on the head and is knocked out. Um, I will remind everyone the way the Battle of Five Armies goes in the book. Um, The battle begins. Bilbo puts on the ring, I should say. Mm -hmm. He hides through, I mean, which I would too. I would too. Obviously. Fully. If I I could be invisible during a battle, I would do that too. Um, Pretty soon, maybe it's like mid-afternoon into the battle. He gets knocked out, cut to black. He wakes up a few days later and uh, the battle is over.
1: (laughs) Here's the thing. Here's the thing.
0: Tolkien,
1: as I'm sure some of your readers may also agree with, is really bad at writing battle scenes. They're confusing. They're a mess. They sometimes don't make any sense. And so I quite like that part in the book. That being said, this is a movie made by Hollywood, and they were never going to get away with that. I know. They could never do that. Any other way. It's like, what do you
0: mean you skipped the entire book?
1: I can just hear the angry fanboys now. Sorry. Continue. It would have
0: been so funny oh my god hilarious
1: hilarious like
0: reading it i'm sure there's an edit out there somewhere that will show what i'm picturing in my head but like reading it i i just could so immediately see bilbo being like okay i think this fight's going pretty well turns around a rock smacks him in the head cut to black yeah
1: well immediately that is that is fun (laughs) fact that is what they did with episode i think eight or nine of game of thrones in season one because they didn't have the budget to film the battle scene
0: Ah, oh, that's pretty they were good. originally like
1: yeah we can do it we can totally just ignore the fact that um you know Tyrion does actually i think Tyrion actually does get bonked on the head in this one um but they're like no we're gonna film it it's gonna be great and they're like oh we're out of money how do we <laughs> oh right we just pull a, a lord of the rings and
0: yeah, yeah, perfect. Yeah. Like Don said, this is a movie, so that doesn't happen. No. Uh, disappointing. Um, we have to watch all of the trauma <laughs> instead about instead of just read it from like Gandalf's like secondhand account telling Bilbo later. Yeah. Meanwhile, Legolas is just fighting. I just wrote man, Legolas really just be doing himself. Definition of you do you? He's just like doing his own. Uh, like mm-hmm. he has his plan. Mm-hmm. in uh, of like he swings down and he like shoots the bat in the head and then he flies down on one part and starts fighting an orc and if any
1: of you listeners have ever played dungeons and dragons i feel like legolas would be an excellent example of i didn't prepare for this combat so i'm just gonna (laughs) wing it
0: yes hundred mm-hmm. percent. That is Legolas. Mm-hmm. Tariel and Keely are screaming for each other as they are fighting and approaching each other. Don just did the I, biggest eye roll <laughs> i <I've ever
1: seen. laughs> I forget sometimes that people can't actually see me when I do this. So it was quite the exaggerated eye roll. Hopefully I do Hopefully you heard it.
0: You could probably hear the eye roll. <laughs> um, yeah, they're like, Tariel! keely so not to say that like tariel is the reason keely dies or like oh keely only dies because he like jumped in front of a sword that saved tariel or whatever however i believe that had tariel not been there keely because he was doing fine in this fight um and it wasn't until tariel should who she's also doing good oh yeah you know she's She's not a bad fighter sometimes it can get very hard to toe the line of like Damsel in distress, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I don't think they—they they didn't really seem to be doing that. They were both. They could have warriors. Done, yeah, they could have done an excellent fighting. job though,
1: making Keeley the damsel, quote unquote, in distress. Because yes. keep in mind, he was severely injured like five seconds. Well, ago. he was
0: already no. He was already the damsel in distress. He did that all last movie. Do it again. Do it again. (laughs) Whatever. It's a movie. (laughs) So yeah, Tariel at one point gets knocked out. And I think that like this is what ultimately like causes, you know, Keeley to jump in the fight. That ultimately leads to what's about to happen. Um, I should mention this section of my notes is titled Rip Keeley. Yeah, he gets scooped up. Tariel is knocked down, trying to get up, trying to help him. I The way that I really thought for a bit in Desolation of Smaug when I saw that like, oh, they've really elevated Keeley's character to like another level he's not just like random background dwarf or you know whatever Mm. maybe they've and they've already changed so much from the book maybe he doesn't die that would be he you know what i don't think he's gonna die because they changed so much from the book he gets shish kebobbed and uh, looks at Tariel, and Keely has perfectly, you know, timed tear runs down his face, and he dies.
1: Which props to Aiden Turner for for uh, I oh, yeah, think he's phenomenal, really pro- good yeah. in this role. I, I quite like him in this. I think he did a really good job.
0: Also, he's hot. Um-
1: <laughs> hey, I get it.
0: Also, he's the hot dwarf. Um, so yeah, Keely is dead, and I, <laughs> I remember being so mad my first watch through the weekend where I just did a marathon of all of them watching them for the first time I was so mad when this happened even though you know I knew it was coming I was mad because like it happened kind of because Tariel was there or like Tariel's presence set them on this timeline where he is killed and I legitimately like almost like just turned the movie <laughs> oh. off and was like I will <laughs> pick this up again later <laughs> Yeah. I was so mad. And then Tariel, like, jumps on the back. I think this might be... Is this Bolg that they've been fighting? Yeah, I think... Again, I don't
1: know who Bolg is. Bolg is the one with the metal on his face. And look, I'm going to be honest. This this movie is a bit of a hot mess. And... (laughs) Really? (laughs) Anyway. Yeah, I think they're fighting Bolg. But at the end of the day, it doesn't necessarily matter which... (laughs) Which orc they're fighting.
0: They're fighting an orc. <laughs> they're fighting yeah. an orc, yes. Um, And so Tariel like, goes to attack him, and then they both get like yeeted off the side of this cliff and land very far away in a way that I'm like, Tariel should be dead. That should have killed her. Yeah. There's no way she should still be alive. So Legolas, remember how I said Legolas is just doing his own thing? um sees that tariel is you know knocked unconscious or like very injured and he sees i think this is bulg stand up and like start going for her and legolas this is (laughs) when i just have so many random notes at one point he runs out of arrows yes oh no and it's
1: and it's and it's the doesn't he throw Orcrist as well
0: that comes up yes okay
1: good Yes.
0: Oh, I have that. I have that written down. That's okay. Is this one? Hang on. I need to
1: take your time. (laughs) It's just a
0: lot of action sequences one after the other. Okay. So yeah, he runs out of arrows and it's like, oh no. So then he instead does the next logical step. When you run out of arrows, he jumps on the head of a troll. I forgot
1: about this part. And
0: like stabs it and then steers it into. This is what I wrote. This is so excessively (laughs) legless. Hang on. <laughs> my, oh, no. What in my notes? Oh, okay. No, I think... <laughs> I'm getting everything like so confused. That's because this movie this is so This is confusing. when... This is when... No, I think... Okay, I think that does happen because he... Okay, that's right. Okay. okay. We're on track now. I remember what happens. Okay. So yeah, he knocks the troll into this tower and knocks the tower down and it makes this kind of bridge thing. Mm. Meanwhile, up on the ice, up on the frozen lake, Thorin and a random troll or orc are fighting and Thorin is like over the edge on the ground and I wrote was this is this happening in slow motion because Thorin is just lying there looking up at this troll as he's slowly approaching him and raising a sword to kill him I
1: think it's meant to be slow motion I'm gonna be know. honest I don't I don't know though it was very and then unclear
0: down below you were right this does happen first down below Legolas sees what's happening to Thorin and I love watching this cross his face as he's thinking about he's like oh my god he's in distress what like how can I help him and then he's like oh I can throw my sword and then he realizes what sword he has mm-hmm. and he's like oh, of course but
1: I wanted to keep it
0: <laughs> it's so cool
1: it is i mean it it is it is objectively one of the coolest Swords in the anyway, sorry,
0: carry on. And so he throws it and it stabs the troll, and that is how Thorin gets Orcris back, only for him to be in possession of it for about 10 minutes longer. (laughs) I should mention this goes back to the barrel scene because Thorin has I believe he, ha- I don't know how he would have Orcris, but I think this is how he gets it because there's one moment where Thorin throws a sword at an orc to save Legolas, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which doesn't make sense character-wise no, at that point no, in the story. But, you know. um, it's fine. It's fine. Um, and then, yeah, it, it comes back again with Legolas reciprocating, saving Thorin's life and then i think that orc falls off and then knocks bulg down and bulg gets buried by some stones or something and then he pops up later and i was like okay i wasn't sure if he was dead or not <laughs> there's a lot of moments There's a
1: lot of moments in this movie like that yeah
0: you know how we were just talking about how tolkien hates writing battle scenes yes. it's very hard to describe battle scenes on a podcast i,
1: I understand completely which why i would listen Full disclosure, if you would like to just skip around two and then Legolas did the sword thing and then Thorin and did the sword. Legolas thing, did this We thing. could skip about forty five minutes worth of content and just talk about Bard. Oh my god.
0: Just all by, even he I think he I think he's even done talking.
1: <laughs> he's he's <fighting laughs> I think we see one more too. shot of him. Yeah.
0: So Thorin stands up and see. this is a cool moment. It goes silent and he and Azog see each other like across the ice and it's foggy and misty. I did
1: like how this part didn't have any music. I thought that was really well done.
0: Yeah. And so then they go into the start of their battle together, like their final, because they've done a lot of, you know, random. They'll run into each other and then fight. But like, this is it. Um... (laughs) So back on Legolas's side of the story, a bridge is collapsing. <laughs> and um, this is the moment earlier where I was like, I wrote a paragraph about it. Don't worry. I literally had to pause this because it's I forgot that this happened because I don't if you love this moment. Great. It's so terrible. It's so terrible. Terrible. Okay, so what happens, <laughs> listeners? A bridge is collapsing, and the individual stones and bricks are falling. And Legolas is stepping onto them as they are falling until he reaches the top. Would have been a totally fine move if they just did it in regular speed, but it's so they put it in slow motion, they did. like excessively slow mm-hmm. motion. Um, it's so CGI'd, fake looking. Like, it's very clearly Orlando Bloom, like, on wires, (laughs) running, (laughs) and it's terrible. It's it's really,
1: again, again, this movie is great if you believe that it is Bilbo telling a tall tale and made exclusively for 14-year-olds who don't understand the laws of physics. (laughs) I would have loved this movie as a kid. And honestly, I think that's kind of, at this point in the movie, it definitely feels like that's how they're marketing it because people that watch the lord of the rings are like all right I'll forgive the elephant thing I'll forgive the shield surfing thing this is too
0: much this is too it's it's too it's, Legolas. Yes, yes. we've had too much it's enough slices
1: <laughs> it is enough
0: slices <laughs> that sound will be I mean, it's already old at the time we're recording. It'll be ancient when this episode comes out. <sighs> what happens?
1: What happens? I next? don't remember. I don't matter. remember how, but matter. Bulg dies. Bulg dies. And Legolas kills yeah, him in some Legolas capacity. Legolas jumps up on the rocks of uh, that of the collapsing bridge and does a cool parkour trick, and uh, that's that's it.
0: And, kill, and, and, kill, and kills. Kill, and kills. Yeah, Bulg. I know he kills that yeah. thing, Bulg, whether or not it's Bulg. We don't know. Yeah. So then uh, we have Azog versus Thorin. And I believe it was when he, Azog started, sw- somehow he has this, he has a chain with a rock attached to him somehow. I missed how that happened. It's
1: supposed to be, I i think it's a nod back to like the witch king and his big morning star looking thing. But what is very clearly just a, a piece of concrete attached to a chain link um does that make it any better mm. I don't know. At, at this point in the movie, I'm like, All right.
0: he's flinging it around, and I distinctively remember during this part of the battle. My first watch through, realizing, wow, this is, they really stretched out this battle. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know, like what it, I don't even necessarily think like it was this part of this battle sequence that I was like, okay, we we can be done now. But I was just like, they really made a whole movie about a battle.
1: They were originally going to call it "There and Back Again." The original movie title was going to be called "There and Back Again," and then I'm pretty sure really, when it was
0: two it. when it was two parts, I really wish they had done The Hobbit There, and then the second one is called Back Again. Ah, <laughs> that would have been great. Um, terrible marketing, no, but yeah, no,
1: no. But for us, for us fans in the know, it's like oh, I see. Even... But
0: I would like it, yeah. Um, Peter Jackson's like we're going to do something that one girl, twelve years from now, doing a podcast is going to appreciate. Um. We're gonna name these movies <laughs> there and back. I'm here again. for the puns. The the concrete thing gets stuck in the ice, and then uh he looks up behind Thorim, the eagles swoop in. <sighs> kind of a little anticlimactic, honestly, which is funny because they're never anticlimactic. They shouldn't be. But, um, they shouldn't be. <laughs>
1: but but they are. But they but are. They are.
0: They're there. I don't know why the eagle So the Eagles swoop in on the battlefield. And start, you know, tr- taking out monsters. And Why did they not take out Azog? Literally, one of them flew right over Thorin's head. Because
1: this movie was written by a 14-year-old. Please don't ask any more questions. Thank you.
0: <laughs> so the, the eagles swoop in. I forgot uh, Radagast is there. He's flying on one of the eagles. <laughs> Good old Radagast. Um, I'll say about him. And then I got real excited because Bjorn shows up, or Bayorn, however you want to yeah, say his fine.
1: name. Uh, I do, though, love how they just, like, airdropped him into the middle of the orcs. Not where it would make, like, strategical sense or, like, behind the out. No, just...
0: And I was so... Because I forgot, I forgot that he has a part in this battle. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, by the time he lands, he's in bear mm-hmm. mode. And he's taken out orcs. And that's all you see. And That's literally it. See That's again. all you see. That's all you see of it. it. Makes me so angry because they butchered, they butchered his story for these movies. Um, so much so that uh, my guest and I spent an hour talking about. Five minutes worth, basically, <laughs> of Bjorn's part of the movie. Um, Fair. Bjorn and Radagast are there. The eagles are there. Yay, all is saved. Thorin then steps off of this chunk of ice, and the weight flips, and Azog goes under. I think this is very cool what they did here, where Thorin, had he walked away, mm-hmm. would have mm-hmm. lived. Mm-hmm. Azog most likely just would have drowned. And or maybe he would have burst up out of nowhere. But like Thorin most likely would have lived had he walked Mm -hmm. away. But no, he wants to see the light leave Azog's eyes. He wants to see him die. And so he follows him as he's floating under the ice, floating away. And then he appears to die. And I was like, well, obviously that didn't happen. Stabs his like spear arm through through Thorin's foot. Ouch. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is about those kinds of injuries. Like, you know, we've had a whole battle sequence. People have died. People are getting stabbed, hit that on the head, moment. whatever. It
1: is that But moment. it's getting
0: pierced through the foot that I'm like, yeah, no, no,
1: no, 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 no. No, thank you. No, thank you.
0: Azog burst through the ice. We've now entered the part of my notes called Rip Thorin. Um <laughs> <laughs> Azog bursts through the ice, gets leverage over Thorin, and Thorin is holding Orcrist up, keeping the spear away from like getting to his throat. And then finally he realizes, I can't win this. And he takes Orcrist away. He gets speared through. And then he stabs up and kills Azog. And then somehow f- they flip over. And then you see the sword go through the ice below to be like
1: very, very cinematic. Very cinematic. I I quite like that. I quite like that part.
0: And then uh, Thorin rolls off of him and is just like, we did it. (laughs) Also, it was at this point that I realized he probably doesn't know. He knows that Mm Feely died. He probably doesn't know Keeley died. Yeah. Thorin most likely died thinking, oh, well, at least. Some part of my lineage survived. Yeah. So I'll leave you all with that. <laughs> just, uh, you know, something to put in your head before you go to bed tonight. Then Martin, Martin Freeman yeah. wakes up then. <laughs> I mean,
1: it's basically just... Bilbo yeah.
0: wakes up. It is Martin Freeman. Um, Bilbo wakes up and he sees thorin collapse and he goes over and the way that i did not care about this moment in the book <laughs> and the way that this is such an emotional scene mm. in the movie mm-hmm. is just I, I and i would say it's more it's like 90 percent martin freeman 10 percent richard I, Armitage, I, I, you I, yeah know? i will
1: say i i do think that martin freeman did kind of carry this scene but in only a way that martin freeman could um i will say i do like For all of the flaws that The Hobbit has, the dynamic between Bilbo and Thorin is such that I have been privy to be told by many of my viewers that Baggins' shield is a uh, fanfic couple that is much beloved in the fan fiction community was not aware of that but yes
0: i have heard i've heard of that as well and going into these movies i was like wow they must be like they must have all these moments where they're so close and watching it i was like not really this scene is really the only time that i was like okay i see now why people like this baggins shield ship Uh, Because there was a moment where I was like, they're going (laughs) to (laughs) kiss. I was like, oh, my God, it's happening.
1: Nope. Nope.
0: Yeah, so Thorin's dying and he's like, Bilbo, I'm so glad you're here. I wish to part in friendship. I'm so sorry I take back everything I said at the gates. You know, I've caused so much peril for you. And Bilbo says, you know, I am glad to have shared in your perils every one of them. The way, oh, there's a moment first when Bilbo shows up and he's like, it's okay, you're going to be okay. And he like goes to like check his wound and he realized, it, it's just a lot that happens in that one moment for me where I was like, he realizes it's a bad wound. He realizes it's probably fatal and he's going to die. And he's confronting death literally right like in front of him at his fingertips. And also maybe a little bit, he's a hobbit and he's squeamish. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> All of the above. All of the above.
0: This is very scary for him. And he stays so brave and kind throughout all of this scene for the sake of Thorin who is dying. And then Thorin says, uh, if oh, I didn't write it down, if, on, if only men cared more about home uh, than yeah, gold, if, if, the world would be a merrier place. Something to that effect. If more people above gold this world And then he dies. I remember in one episode for the Lord of the Rings movies, my guest and I were talking about like, how do actors have such a, they they have this ability when they're dying that like, you can see the exact moment that they die, you mm-hmm. know? Like, I don't know how actors do it where all of a sudden well, like.
1: Well, uh, as a former speech and debate kid, let me tell you. <laughs> no. Uh- <laughs> Yeah, I don't
0: know how they do it either. It is, it is. The, it's just like all of a sudden like, oh, he,
1: he's yeah, dead. Yeah, he, he he's dead. He is gone.
0: Bilbo just does like this set very, si- on, honestly, very similar to young Simba in The Lion oh, King. When he yeah. like curls up under like Mufasa's paw, basically, yeah. trying to like get him to get up. Bilbo is like patting Thorin on the shoulder and it's like, wait, the eagles, the eagles are here. Mm-hmm. The- see, Thorin, the eagles are yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. And then he breaks down crying. And I'm like, someone come and hug this (laughs) hobbit. (laughs) Please.
1: Just give my man a hug.
0: Oh, my God. Very emotional scene. And then cut to two robots, a.k.a. Thranduil and Legolas. (laughs)
1: Anime dad and anime son.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. So Legolas is just standing off to the side, watching Tariel, um, like holding Keely's body. And this is someone who up until Viewers, now.
1: listeners, listeners, another I am rolling my eyes.
0: <laughs> up until now, I mean, maybe his he realized eventually, like, oh, okay, she has romantic feelings for Keely. The feelings I have for her are not reciprocated. That's fine. She's still my friend. But they went on this mission to save these dwarves. Uh, at the end of this battle together, he made that decision to help her out and he's just watching her like I like go over comfort her, you know, something, Go, n- you don't even have to say something. anything. Do something. He's standing there watching her mourn Keeley and he turns around and sees Thranduil who I think this is this is this gives Thranduil so much more credit than he necessarily like should have he came up there most likely to look for Legolas to see if he survived because up until then he was he and the rest of the elves were going to peace out they were off being so he came up to see what happened yeah he and Legolas like see each other and the way that Legolas is just like I have to leave (laughs) bye (laughs) I forget what he he says something like I cannot go back. yeah
1: something (laughs) something like I must be going I don't know silly (laughs) It's like, okay, we, we know where you're going right now. It's fine. It's fine.
0: Thranduil says, where will you go? And like Legolas goes, I don't know. <laughs> Thranduil says, go north. My first time watching this, as soon as he said, go north, I was like, I know exactly where this is going. I know exactly what Peter Jackson is doing with my feelings, but I don't care. I love this moment. Every bit of it. I know when I'm being manipulated, but I don't care.
1: Said every Star Wars fan ever.
0: (laughs) He says, go north and look for the Dunedine. There's a young ranger there who I think you should meet. His father was a good man. His father, Airthorne, was a good man. And I think his son may be a great man. Legolas says, what's his name? And Thranduil says, he's known in the wild as Strider. Mm. And the way I lost my mind, I was like, oh my God. And the fact that like this moment makes me want to put Fellowship of the Ring in and fast forward approximately 42 yep. minutes. <laughs>
1: that is, Look, look, that is, that is, if anything, I think that is the goal of this movie. They made the Battle of Five Armies, they made this a trilogy so that immediately after you finish this movie, you want to yeah. put in Fellowship of the Ring.
0: Yeah. Legolas is about to leave, and then Thranduil, the way that it's like like father like mm-hmm. son, Thranduil just randomly goes, Your mother loved you very much, like more than life itself. And Legolas like smiles a little bit and then they don't they it looks like they're gonna hug, but they Thranduil does like an arm like a fist like a, over his like chest, a, uh, and, and Legolas just, like, reaches his hand out, and then they leave.
1: And he pieces and out, and it. we never see him again.
0: Never see him again. Who knows what'll happen to him? But yeah, uh, my, my previous guest said, I think Peter Jackson has a very intense fan fiction backstory written for Thranduil, and the Hobbit movies are just, like, grazing the surface of that because there's all this stuff with like Legolas's mother who as I understand it Tolkien mentioned nothing. Not a word. Of Legolas' mother. Not
1: <laughs> a word. <clears throat>
0: There's all this stuff about Legolas' mother. There's this necklace that uh, Thranduil cares very much about from the treasure. There's like all this random stuff. And then this ensuing conversation that he has with Tariel mm-hmm. that also like implies some things that he had with his former you know, wife. That I am like, yes, Peter Jackson wrote fan fiction about Thranduil. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. I mean, Cassandra Clare did it. For those of that of listeners that are maybe unaware, uh, the author of The Mortal Instruments book series got her start in fan fiction. One of her uh, most well-known ones is The Lord of the Rings' Very Secret Diaries, where it is a very much... Oh it's it's a mess. You should you should check it out if you have not. I actually I have a small sample reading on my YouTube. Up next channel.
0: on that's what I'm talking about. You will <laughs> love it.
1: You will love it. I did a reading on my uh YouTube channel and Twitch channel uh twitchtv Marshall 72 just in case you needed a shameless plug.
0: I love hearing about authors that are like, yeah, this started out as um like Snape Dumbledore <laughs> fan fiction. <laughs> um as i understand it there there was a book recently released called the love hypothesis and i believe it began as raylo fiction
1: oh you Fame know fiction. what i i seem to remember this i seem to remember hearing i know about nothing this. else
0: about this because and i we know and don't
1: need to know anything else about
0: it yeah <laughs> nothing thranduil turns the corner and sees Tariel, uh morning keely um <laughs> and she's crying and she says, is this what is this what love is? Because I do not want it. Why does it hurt so much? And Thranduil says, because it was real. And the way that like my body rebelled against every word that came out of their yeah,
1: mouths. Yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you. It's uh, <clears throat> it's certainly a line that they wrote in the it's movie. It's so corny. It's, it's, it's so
0: <sighs> corny. Anyway, um, yeah. and then Toriel stands there. Mo- oh yeah, by the way, leg again. Legolas just left. No Peace word out. to Toriel. Be like, hi, former, you know, child implied, like childhood best friend who I who I've had a crush on. Who I was the I was the tiny dot in this love triangle. <laughs> Ugh. No word to her. And then we cut to like a shot of I think maybe bilbo next but that's it for Tario. yep who knows what happens to? Her? she just sits there crying and also like for a character that was in- invented for the sole purpose of like hey maybe we should put some women in here they did a really terrible job with her ending where it's like well her purpose was to love someone and then mourn them yep and that's it we don't hear any there's not even nope. i don't know We don't know what happens to her. That's it. That's her ending. There might be an extended edition scene. Um, I've heard that the extended edition of Battle of Five Armies is really... Oddly enough,
1: enough, making it longer was a good decision for this particular movie. I haven't seen it in ages. That's what I
0: don't get about Battle of Five Armies is that... From what I understand, there were a lot of scenes that were cut that added like a lot of other yeah, context and great moments context, for characters. There's context
1: for Thranduil. There's I don't, I don't want to spoil too much for you, but there's there's a decent amount of like, why did they
0: not keep that
1: in? That makes so yeah, much more sense. Yeah, and like.
0: When you're watching Lord of the Rings Extended, you're like, oh, I can't believe they cut that. But like, then again, we're getting on three yeah, hours now. Yeah. That makes it- This was a very short movie. They could have left it in. It would have been mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. That's it for Tariel. That's it for Legolas. That's it for Thranduil. Then we have Bilbo sitting, looking, traumatized.
1: Oh, some of the it's choices. It's so
0: sad. It's so sad. And he, yeah, he's sitting on, like, steps by himself, and then Gandalf comes over, and he's, like, shell-shocked. Gandalf comes over and sits down, and Gandalf, I feel like, is thinking, I did this to him. I told him to come on this adventure, and now I have a traumatized hobbit. It's
1: exactly what it is. It's exactly what it is.
0: And then he did not learn, and 60 years later, he did not learn his lesson. (laughs) He was like, let's do it again.
1: Yep, I was like, ah.
0: um, or I guess, well, let's see, sixty years until Bilbo's 11th first yes. birthday, and then it's like another fifty after it's, that. It's, for when they actually it's seventeen
1: years after the birthday party. Seventeen?
0: Why do I always think it's fifty?
1: <laughs> uh, I think I think if I'm remembering correctly, seventeen. Frodo is fifty or is fifty-five or is some ridiculous age at that point um, in the book. But again, Peter Jackson doesn't what is time
0: Peter Jackson's right. two minutes yes. later, a <laughs> a later a week later Gandalf is back yeah.
1: so anyway I traveled to Gondor this weekend crazy you would not believe the <laughs> week believe I have it. had
0: Gandalf pulls out his pipe and starts preparing it I really wish Gandalf had offered Bilbo the pipe yeah and they like share a smoke and then like the sun is setting rising the sun is going the, in a direction yeah, think, behind them. The th-
1: I think it is a it is a sunset. Yes,
0: <laughs> it's a very beautiful moment where no words are exchanged, and I liked yeah, that. Yeah, no, I. That, that, it's just a very like quiet yeah, moment. Yeah, and
1: I, I think honestly I feel like this movie, despite being a lot of action sequences, could have done with a lot of those quiet moments and really dug into that. Mm-hmm. I would have been totally fine with that.
0: Yeah. The other thing is Martin Freeman really excels in these moments because he has there's a moment in um, when they're in Mirkwood when he he like loses the ring momentarily and then he fights a creature and then gets it back. It's another it's Mm -hmm. another thing where like no words or lines are said. But Martin Freeman does such a good job of like conveying like 20 different things that happen really in the middle of my podcast. (laughs) Where were we? Oh yeah, Bilbo is being traumatized. Yeah, so Bilbo and Gandalf are having this. Is also like a nice moment because like they're off by themselves, and then we see the dwarves going over to Thorin's body. They're starting, so it's kind of nice that like Bilbo and Gandalf are by themselves, letting the dwarves grieve on their mm-hmm, own.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I I like the decision to give the dwarves their moment in that. I think that's really well yeah, done. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's really well done.
0: There's a horn being blown that sure has a lot of notes considering there are no buttons <laughs> or <laughs> slides or anything uh, as a trumpet,
1: as a former trumpet player, I can tell you that y- there, it is possible to get a few notes out. Okay. um, Just not, may- maybe not that many, maybe not, maybe not, all not the notes. ones and, like
0: I get that. <laughs> yeah. The majority of it is just the score. <laughs> um, yeah. And the, the way that this was shot, I thought. So we we go over like the Lake Town villagers watching onward. I guess maybe like looking out over I don't know the the carnage mm-hmm. and the aftermath. You can definitely tell that like they're paying their respects mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. Thorin. I thought it was gonna cut to like a funeral procession of them bringing like the dead bodies of Thorin and Keely and Feely back to Erebor, mm-hmm. and like that's what the Lake Town people are watching because like. Otherwise, how do they necessarily know?
1: Like Th- that might be no an extended they... edition thing that I've just completely forgotten about. So I, I will say, let's withhold judgment on that one. Until...
0: But yeah, I, the way that it was, I thought that it was going to like cut to like something that they were looking mm-hmm. at, and then this, yeah, this is our last shot of Bard. He's with his kids, Yeah. and that's it. <laughs> and I'm fine. And I'm fine with with that. He's with his family. He's the best character, and. Really in the entire he's the best character tolkien ever wrote um and that's what's wait, so funny is that wait, like hang, the, the, on. The, hang on the character that tolkien wrote is also like one fourth of bard that we see in the movie i was about to say because like bard's in like five seconds of the book i know
1: oh my god i love it
0: a few I, i'm assuming a few days have passed now bilbo's getting ready to leave um, and head back home. He's trying to like slip out, and Balin says like No, not you know, not without a mm-hmm, goodbye. Mm-hmm. Oh, she also yeah, because Balin is like, Are you sure you don't want to stay? Like, we'll have a celebration tonight for like our fallen yeah, um, king or yeah. whatever. And Bilbo says, Thorin wasn't that to me. He was he he was just, and he's like all choked up. And I'm like, He was what? 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 Like the way the relationship be- because the relationship that I saw in these movies." It wasn't until he was dying, really, and same with reading the book, that I saw much closeness mm-hmm. between mm-hmm. Thorne because Thorne was consistently going back on, like, his friendship with yeah. Bilbo, where he would be like, I accept you. And then he would be like, this is all your fault. You're a terrible burglar or yeah. whatever, you know? Yeah.
1: Friendship with Bilbo so, ended. Now, Keeley is my best friend.
0: Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, he he's choked up and he's like, to me, he was... I'm like, why can't, why can't we say friend? And th- I will say this is another moment where I can see how people would be like, they're implying mm-hmm, mm-hmm, they were mm-hmm, more mm-hmm. than friends.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The ship is real.
0: <laughs> and so the rest of the dwarves appear and Bilbo looks at all of them and is like, next time you're near the Shire, you know, feel free to come by. Tea is at four. There will be plenty of it, and don't bother knocking. I love that scene, and I love that line so much.
1: I think Mar- once so again, Martin Freeman. Sweet. Martin Freeman. He with carries a, this trilogy. He really does. He put it on his back. He's
0: so good. I cannot imagine any other actor playing. You know, this role. I've tried
1: to think about it as like who in like the 2010 to 2012 era of actors. And Martin Freeman just absolutely nails it. I mean, that was that was like peak Sherlock fandom. Oh, yeah. So, like, he was he was the actor, and I think they did a really, really good job with
0: it. Yeah. Him. I remember seeing a lot of gif because I was on, folks, I was on Tumblr we in the era of, Tumblr. let's see, 2000, 2000, but, like, I'm talking, like, golden era Tumblr, oh, you know? Not Tumblr. <laughs> like, Tumblr these days is, like, aesthetic, yeah, yeah. you know? I'm talking Super who era of Tumblr. And I wasn't even a part necessarily. I, I've never watched Supernatural or Doctor ah. Who. <laughs> I only started watching Sherlock when I got to college. And I was on Tumblr, like halfway through high school starting halfway through anyway and I remember seeing a gift set of um, it was like a it was like a fan made mm-hmm. gift mm-hmm. set of like Sherlock and John's like kid picking out a book and he's picking out the mm-hmm. Hobbit mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he's like dad I want you to narrate this and John played by Martin of Freeman course. is like oh this one again we've read it a million times and then the kid is like yeah but I want dad Sherlock to do the dragon he's ah, the best at that I
1: love it because <laughs> the coverage
0: voice the smug, uh, anyway fun fact
1: i was also on super who lock tumblr uh, and i know for a fact that the name of sherlock and watson's baby is hamish so that's a little bit of fun internet trivia for you <laughs> because there is a line in season two of sherlock where uh watson goes right. "Hamish, it's my uh middle name in case you were looking for baby right names. i
0: remember i remember that i did a rewatch of Sherlock, like the first time i'd rewatch sherlock since i think the series ended mm-hmm. um i did a rewatch i think in january i think it may have been like it was definitely between christmas and new years mm-hmm. you know when no one's doing exactly. anything and i was like i'm going to rewatch sherlock and it was great and then they took and then they took it off of netflix oh, and i was no. like now i'm sad
1: oh no <laughs> yeah uh full disclosure still haven't seen season 4 of sherlock I,
0: um uh... You don't need I, yeah, to. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Actually no, that's a lie. I've seen the first. I've seen the first episode, so I know that oh thing,
0: but like it it's it Stephen was Stephen Moffat. It was great. I, I was watching it wasn't. I was watching every episode live with my friends. In our dorm room, and having like live like checking tw- you know checking Twitter and going on to Tumblr immediately afterwards, and we we just thought like we were like we're hallucinating, right? It's A fever
1: dream. <laughs> it is a fever dream.
0: What is this? This is not uh Sherlock the podcast though. Um, this is <laughs> where were we? Oh yeah, Bilbo's saying goodbye. Great scene. That's how we got on that tangent. Martin, Martin... Freeman is amazing.
1: <laughs> Which, if you're gonna go on a tangent, it's not a bad. That's yeah. the best tangent. Not a bad tangent to go, to go on. on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Bilbo turns and leaves and he and Gandalf start the long long trek back to the Shire beautiful of course mm. beautiful New Zealand scenery love it Love it. gotta love have it. it in there and then they the Shire music starts playing you know it gets me every and then time that's when you oh my god that's when like you just feel you're like I'm gonna hold it together no you're not they they uh stop in like a little clearing just outside the Shire, outside Hobbiton and Gandalf is like, This is where I part ways. By the way, you should be careful what you do with magic rings. <laughs> and Bilba's like, what?
1: what Don't know what you're talking about, what? buddy. Don't know what you're talking about, buddy. <laughs> what are you talking about? What are you talking and about?
0: And just just the way that Gandalf it's like it's like I'm not an idiot and you kind of are an idiot. <laughs> of course I know you have a magic ring that turns you invisible <laughs> Why you think I
1: didn't notice you think I didn't notice come on
0: yeah and get yeah because Gandalf is like you think that was all luck it's like no the world doesn't revolve around you buddy like it's not it revolves about, around like, me Gandalf
1: the Great. yeah <laughs> I just peaked my mic so hard I'm so sorry <laughs>
0: they say goodbye and Gandalf says I believe it's the final line of the Hobbit book he says um I admire you very much Bilbo Baggins but after all you are like just one hobbit in a wide world after mm. all very beautiful line and then Bilbo like turns and is like by the way the ring fell out of my pocket I lost it it's gone definitely uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> I lost it in the battle Totally
1: by that totally by that It's
0: gone yeah weird <laughs> Yeah, and then he, he comes back to the Shire. We see just when the Shire pops up, you're just like, oh, the mm-hmm. Shire, like mm-hmm. we're back, mm-hmm. we're safe. Everything's we're safe. fine. And then this is my favorite scene, like reading the book, absolutely loved it. Bilbo as he's approaching his hobbit hole, people, he's like, wait a minute, that's that's my chair, and that's my mother's mm-hmm. box. Mm-hmm. I don't know, whatever. And he approaches his home, and someone says like, you're not supposed to be here. You're supposed to be dead. And he's like, well, I'm very much alive. What's happening here? He has been presumed dead, and all of his items are being auctioned off. And he turns and yells at Lobelia, mm. and is like, give me back my spoons, and grabs a handful of them. I just love it so much. It's so, so, so
1: great. <laughs> it is so great.
0: It's just so quintessentially hobbity. Yes.
1: Of course, I'm going to sell all of your things. You were gone. You're lucky I didn't take the house.
0: And then, of course, you know, setting up that, that feud for mm-hmm, for mm-hmm, Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, we need proof of identity. Do you have anything that has your name on it? He pulls out the contract that he originally signed. And they're like, it says you pledged your service to a Thorin Oakenshield. Who is that? And Bilbo turns and looks and says- he was my friend. I don't know why he could say it here, but he couldn't say it back at Erebor with <laughs> Balin. But whatever. Um, he says he was my friend, and then he walks into his hobbit hole, and everything's been totally emptied. Um, he gets much And of it just back. the way that, like, the way that, like, Bilbo's changed. He comes home. His home has changed. It's just too perfect. And he like slowly starts getting things back in order. He like picks up a picture, hangs it on the wall. His handkerchief.
1: Got the handkerchief. He got got the 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 handkerchief back love it
0: it's so funny reading imdb it's like when bilbo returns to his home he picks up a handkerchief bilbo forgot his handkerchief at the beginning and i'm like yeah that was like the point yeah that's that's not (laughs) trivia
1: that's just like were you paying attention or
0: yeah really then he kind of like sits there stands there and kind of like fidgets around and we're all like okay that's the end of the movie whatever nope what's what what's that (laughs) i hear is that a ring theme playing in the background so he reaches into his pocket and pulls it out um I don't know if this was just me I don't know if it was like intentional or if it was something that was unintentional from the lighting in this scene but those last few shots where like Bilbo, Bilbo, young Bilbo pulls out the is pulling out the ring and smiling at it. he looks like he's aged.
1: I think I think it is probably just a lighting thing, but the the transition back to Ian Holmes Bilbo was done separately because I believe at the time Ian Holmes was suffering from very severe Parkinson's disease. yes yeah Yeah. he
0: and uh, I almost said Saruman he and Christopher Lee filmed their stuff like on a separate um, stage entirely yeah so yeah the lighting was really weird and I thought he I thought Bilbo looked really old all of a sudden I I guess that was just the lighting but I thought it was gonna be like there was gonna be like a slow transition as like we're seeing time pass as like oh
1: oh that would have been interesting The
0: like he's like walking around his home as it's being like refurnished again maybe we see a little baby hob it run through and you know we're like oh my god it's Frodo huh. no instead we just do hard cut to Ian Holm the ring in Ian Holm's mm-hmm. hand old mm-hmm. Bilbo um, and then Bilbo's looking at it and then we hear a knock on the door it cuts to the camera is now behind Bilbo and I believe they pulled the exact audio I believe from you are correct the yes. Movie. yes so we don't actually see him saying it because they pulled the audio of him saying we don't want any visitors, not today. And we hear Gandalf say, "Not even for very old." You do it better than and I And what do.
1: about very old friends? And
0: Bilbo is very happy, and he jumps up and runs to the door. And we hear, you know, like excited chatter that we've heard before. Mm. Bilbo. And the camera. Bagging. You have not to die. And Gandalf's like, you didn't lose that ring,
1: did Uh-oh. You? <laughs> Uh-oh. I wonder what's going to happen next.
0: And the camera pans over to a map that Bilbo, had, I guess, used on the adventure, the, the Lonely Mountain mm-hmm. map. Mm-hmm. Credits pop up. Billy Boyd, what uh, are you doing I, here? One
1: of the happier moments of, uh, of my time in that theater when I went, wait, I know that voice. Oh! <gasps> yay that was just it's billy it boyd lovely. yeah
0: um billy boyd wrote and uh i believe he wrote it yeah mm-hmm. and composed the believe, song that plays over the credits. He wrote that
1: in one day if i'm remembering it correctly there was some sort of piece of trivia it's like yeah we he i think he said it on his podcast the friendship onion another great lord of the rings podcast you may want to check out um sorry don't mean to be fucking other
0: no it's a, i've recommended it too it's very like i don't even necessarily listen because like oh originally i wasn't gonna listen because i was like i can't host a lord of the rings <laughs> podcast and listen to one and make like lord of the rings like that's it's too, too, much too much lord of the, lord rings, of the rings. You know? there has to it's be a too much. but the fact that like it's just hit billy boyd and dominic monaghan just like talking and chatting it's so delightful it really is. yeah it is,
1: it is quite the quite the delight um but yeah billy boyd's song uh last goodbye i just he has such a beautiful voice like i it's yeah it's like
0: it's very yeah angelic it is
1: It is like you don't expect and then his
0: accent of course is so great
1: phenomenal content yeah 10 out of 10 would recommend
0: this is where we will go back to how i thought the movie should have i don't know open slash how i think kind of similar to how you were saying i think the framing device for these movies should have been it's bilbo telling the story Mm -hmm, to frodo mm -hmm. originally before this was my original thought and then like elijah wood showed up (laughs) in the first five minutes and i was like okay never mind there goes that theory i thought that bilbo was going to be writing down the hobbit at the start of the movie and then it pans out and frodo is reading it and what's the book he's reading? It's the book that he's reading at the start of Fellowship of the mm-hmm. Ring.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then he closes it and then Gandalf comes up. That does run into the issue that technically Bilbo doesn't start writing The Hobbit until he gets to Rivendell, it's whatever. It's a cool thing. Or it could have also been, I'm with you, that I wish there had been this storytelling aspect of Bilbo and I wish that it had been like, yeah, we we show like young for yeah young frodo is there and is like can i have a story and he's like have i ever told you about the time that a baker's dozen dwarves (laughs) came to my house for dinner because
1: that bilbo is the storyteller we see him telling the story at his birthday party at dinner and i feel like they really could have leaned into that and i'm I'm slightly disappointed they did
0: this this was just fine though um i wrote down you would have to be a monster to not like Hear the Lord of the Rings music and like the Shire theme and everything, and then hear those lines that Bilbo and Gandalf oh, say. Yeah. And like, you would have to be a monster to hear those things and see those things and not even like tear up a oh, little bit.
1: Of course, I did.
0: It's it's a great ending, and then of course you're like, well, I might as well pop in <laughs> Fellowship of the Ring. I mean, I'm Ring. here. I've
1: got the DVD. It practically
0: leads into it. Ah. <laughs> uh. So yeah, that's the that's. That's the end of the. It's a Hobbit. great, it's a good that's movie. It. That's the end of the podcast. Bye. <laughs> I'm gone forever. Um, and we
1: never saw her again.
0: No, no, never again. <laughs> um, a few random trivia. Now that we've finished, this was the last movie to feature. This was Ian Holmes' last role ever. Which I I knew that he, I knew that this was like his last film, but I didn't know if like he had filmed other things. And then this was just like the last one that released or something. This was his last role ever. Mm -hmm. And then this was also, this was the last movie to be completed and released before the passing of Sir Christopher Lee. Yeah. Uh. Two legends who were, I think also, I think they were the only ones that were like, that were alive when The Hobbit was published.
1: Uh, yeah, Hobbit it may
0: have was... ju- it may have just been only uh, Christopher Lee, but I don't oh, know how old I'll ben have to was. look that but up. That's a
1: fun bit of trivia, though.
0: They were definitely both alive when Lord of the Rings was published. Yes,
1: yeah, that which is just a...
0: crazy to think about. You know?
1: I, taught <sighs> the the pandemic has warped my perception of time so oh, yeah. much, <laughs> so much, and I'm sure you're the For same sure. way.
0: For sure, literally last night I was just thinking, I was like, wait a minute. Was I really covering the Lord of the Rings movies at the same time that we were having the presidential election? And I don't know why in my brain those felt like such completely different time (laughs) periods, but I was like, no, I definitely was. And like, I thought about it how, like, looking back, it's honestly the fact that like I was watching two towers specifically sam's monologue during like peak pandemic Mm -hmm. we're having this presidential Mm -hmm. election Mm -hmm. and i'm Mm -hmm. like this is too much yeah
1: (laughs) no i was i was panic watching the west wing uh seasons one through four just to just to try and try and feel hopeful about government even if it was (laughs) fictional. we've gotten too real here for a moment uh okay all right
0: another fun trivia this one's a fun trivia rather than like here are these two actors who died um (sighs) On Orlando Bloom's last day of filming, after he had completed his scenes, Peter Jackson recorded a video of him covering the viral, they're taking the Hobbits to Isengard. It's very good. really? Yes! Yeah, have you not seen this? I have not seen
1: this. That's incredible.
0: To Isengard! To Isengard! To Isengard! I love that, like, they got in on the joke. Also, side note, if anyone knows how to get in contact with the guy who created their Taking Hobbits to Isengard, ah. please let me know. I have looked into it. The closest I got is that I found a link to his website, and the website is no longer functioning. Oh, no. So, if anyone knows how to get in contact with him, or if you're listening, because um, I want to do an episode on, like, memes, you know, oh. of Lord of the Rings. So I think having the person who created, they're taking the Hobbits to Isengard on would be excellent. All right. And then our last little fun trivia piece, obviously. So we know, I don't know if I ever shared it actually initially with Lord of the Rings, but I love the trivia that both Andy Serkis and Elijah Wood took a prop of the ring thinking, or Peter Jackson gave it to them. And they both thought originally that they had the only one. I yep. thought that was funny. Anyway, so on that same speed, um, several cast members kept props from the movie. Martin Freeman kept his sword and prosthetic ears. I always think that's weird because um, I think um, Liv Tyler kept her elf ears. And I yeah. think some of the I think Billy Boyd and some of the other hobbits kept their hobbit ears. And that one feels weird because I feel like wouldn't they be like sweaty or gross or something? I don't I, know.
1: I have some unfortunate news. Um, The prosthetics that they use, those things degrade so grossly like they just warp into these yeah it's it's a little i
0: think i heard i think i heard an interview or something where Liv tyler was saying yeah i accidentally left one in like the dashboard of my car and it like
1: melted and and shrunk yeah yeah (laughs) it's it's gross
0: uh richard armitage kept the original orcris sword which i think is funny because he doesn't have that sword for the majority of the movie um and lee pace kept his elven sword which he keeps in his umbrella stand just so course, Of
1: course he does. Of so course delightful. he does. And
0: also reminder that Lee Pace is actually younger than Orlando Bloom, despite the fact that he plays his father. Uh, it's the eyebrows. It's just the eyebrows. Always um, the eyebrows. That's I, My last bullet point was, so that's it then. <laughs> <laughs> You're <laughs>
1: done with the movie. So, yeah. so if I may turn the tables, how does it feel having uh, gone through everything? It's Uh, weird. the Peter Jackson universe. It's
0: weird, man. Because, like, I I was just thinking, I was like, do I need to... Because the social media bio for all of my talking about social medias are, Mary Clay knows nothing about Lord of the Rings until now. (laughs) And I was just recently like, do I need to change that but then it's kind of then it gets into like okay well i used to know the, nothing about lord of the rings and then i read it chapter by chapter and then i watched it and then i did watch the extended editions please don't ask me anymore that's anywho you, anyway yeah so it know, does feel you know some stuff it does feel strange um i was just uh before we were starting our recording i saved the audacity file and it just like occurred to me i was like wow this is like this isn't the last audacity file but like i was like huh battle of five armies Part four. That's it. That's the last one. That's, that's pretty crazy. I feel very similar to how I felt when I finished the Lord of the Rings movies. Ah,
1: yeah. That's fair. That's but fair. But
0: instead of having a straightforward path now, it's just a black hole where I'm like, I don't know <laughs> think what's of it, coming it. Think of next. it like <laughs> this. I've, I have
1: always <laughs> described Tolkien's lore beyond the the main books in the movies of The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. Much like the Star Wars world, Tolkien's extended legendarium is a menu. Look at it. And say, oh, I think I like that. I'll give that one a shot. And if something is not to your liking, like if you don't want to read the peoples of Middle Earth or the entire 12 part histories of Middle Earth or the epic poems that he wrote that is entirely in verse, the lay of Lathian, you don't have to read that. That is okay. Uh, No one is going to think any less of you. And if they do, they're terrible people.
0: Yeah, they are terrible people. Um... (laughs) So yeah, that's that's it. That'll be it then. Um, listeners, also, side note: you can stop tagging Don in the comments <laughs> of my TikToks. We follow each other; he'll probably see it eventually. We're um, <laughs>
1: they pop up. I am very happy to see them. He'll
0: see it eventually. You don't need to tag him. Um, <laughs> Don, thank you again so much course, for coming on and for being podcast. here with me at the end of all things. <gasps> oh. I've said that like twenty. <laughs> I do that every time I finish a major a major milestone. <laughs>
1: i'm honored i am honored truly this is this is an absolute absolutely wonderful podcast and i'm i'm thankful to be a part
0: and where can people find you on the internet search and where can people get those um uh mommy sorry shirts
1: oh i can be found on almost every social media under don marshall 72 um i did have a youtube channel when i was 16 but i'm not making that public ever um, <laughs> um but uh you can find most of my stuff if you just search for my link tree That is where you can find basically everything. I need
0: to get me one of those. I just need to set it up. They're (laughs) very useful.
1: Uh, You can also find the link to the mommy, daddy, sorry, in Elvish. Uh, Again, this is one of those situations where I don't necessarily mean to make something. And then I do. And now I'm very self-conscious because I know a lot of kids watch my content. And now I'm just thinking about the parents who are like, they're fine.
0: they'll are they be fine sometimes you just need to make things just for your own enjoyment (laughs) i made a doodle uh no one should have ever given me an access to an ipad um (laughs) i made a doodle of a candle that the brand is what's that smell and the flavor is man flesh (laughs) and i just wrote it i just i was like this is going to be really silly to make but i want to make it you know
1: what you want you want me to reach out to a candle company for you we can no, make it God!
0: I don't want a candle that smells like man flesh. <laughs> and that's why the internet is great. You can make "Mommy Sorry" t-shirts in Elvish and sell them on the internet. What? Anyway,
1: <laughs> we've come so far beyond. Oh my God!
0: Not even related to the Hobbit anymore. That's what I'm talking about. As a proud member of WBNE, you can learn more about the network by going to wbne.org, where you will find all of our shows, like our Dungeons and Dragons podcast, "Late to the Party." This is an urgent message. If you or a loved one have been suffering from mild hallucinations. Encountering what looked like a a horde of zombies. Lack of fine motor function. There was no parking and I pulled up on the lawn and broke a sprinkler head. The inability to sit for long periods of time. Did you just break the chair? Jordan is holding a chair arm up.
1: all to sit. Oh, did not do so good. Trouble using your tools.
0: Are you going to take another smashy smash? I sure am. 13 probably doesn't hit. Does not hit. Sorry about the dice, Scott. <laughs> or existential crises. And I'm playing Sunny Days, a high elf cleric, a half elf cleric, a quarter elf cleric, a mostly human cleric, a mostly human, but with a smidgen of elf cleric. You may be entitled to podcasts. Ask your doctor about Late to the Party, a Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition actual play podcast for the whole family. Available every other Monday on wb or wherever podcasts are sold. The cover is by vaishan brandon you can support him on instagram at vaishan designs you can get merch for that's what i'm talking about by going to tpublic.com slash user slash about pod you can find the podcast on twitter and instagram at talking about pod and you can also follow me on tiktok at mc Up, where i make lots of lord of the rings and tolkien related tiktoks you can find me on twitter at mc and instagram at mc turn Down for what you can support the podcast by becoming a patron Go to patreon.com slash Tolkien pod to explore the different tiers and perks that are available. I mentioned last month that I have a new perk, which is available for all level patrons, and that is a monthly newsletter. So we are now into a new month. Congratulations. It's now November. What is time? I don't know. So if you want to sneak peek at what is coming up in the next month, the things that I'm going to be covering, the guests that I'm going to have on, the newsletter is the place for that. Or you can become a sponsor of the podcast like Adele. Adele, thank you so much for your continued wonderful support of the podcast. I very much appreciate it. And this is a very important announcement for all of my listeners in the United States. Today, as this episode is coming out on November 2nd, is election day. So please go vote. Now, there's a misconception that voting and elections don't really matter unless it's a presidential election year, but it very much matters, especially if you are like me and you live in the state of Virginia. We are voting for our governor today. So please get out there and vote if you are registered. Vote, please. Once again, thank you so much for joining me. Do you have any parting words for the audience?
1: Thank you for having me on. Uh, This has been a wonderful podcast. It's been a pleasure to listen. It's been a pleasure to be a part of. And watch your local news station. Local journalists uh, need your help. Go follow them on Twitter i'm a former journalist so it it
0: feels right real quick before i say and that's what i'm talking about i just want to say there's a viral news blooper that is my local news and it's the dude going check your panties (gasps) you know there's been a recall for and then the other news anchor goes i think that was supposed to say pantries (laughs) i remember that (laughs) that's your local news station that's my local news
1: oh my god those are my
0: anchors and that's what i'm talking about But that's a story for another time. Ooh, not me getting weirdly emotional at that. What? Okay, the car horn immediately took me out of that. <laughs>